At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's episode, if you're joining us from Tuesday's episode, um, welcome back. If not, I would suggest you pause this and scroll down to um, Tuesday's episode, one episode prior to this one, and get caught up because this is the continuation of my conversation with Charles Nelson with Stepping Stone Landscaping right here in Richmond, Virginia. He's pretty much on the other side of town. Uh, at one point, our service areas overlapped a little bit, like the outer borders would overlap a little bit. Um, but you know, with my continued route density and my encouragement to uh, increase his route density, that we don't really overlap too much uh, 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 is the point there. <laughs> um, but we have become good friends over over the years. Um, when when we did overlap, we would see each other here and there, and he introduced himself to me early on, many years ago. Basically, it really what, what I think we talked about this. Um, actually, we did talk about this. It was uh, I had inclo- I wrapped my enclosed trailer uh, shortly after I'd gotten it, or maybe a year after I got it. I got it all lettered up with my logos and contact information. And I remember making an Instagram post saying, Hey, if you guys, you know, you can't miss me now. If, if you see me in the area, feel free to stop by and say, Hey, you know, and, and he took, took me up on that offer. Like, like the next day or two, I think it was. So he, he was following me on Instagram. Like a lot of you folks love the community, love sharing and growing together and creating content for everyone. And, and, and consuming content from everyone as well. It's just like a one big happy community of us sharing and, and having building friendships and helping each other grow in life and business and so on. And uh, so I really appreciate that. And Charles was following me on Instagram, saw my post, saw me in the neighborhood shortly after that and walked down the street. I'm like, Oh man, what's, what's, what's happening now? The competition's walking. Like I, you know, I saw his truck and trailer up at the end of the street, at top of the street there. And, his guys were working on stuff and I see him walking down I'm like, Oh boy, I don't know what's going on. Cause you know, sometimes you just never know. And this was, you know, this was early on. This was probably, I, I don't know if I had to guess maybe four years ago or something like that. I've had my trailer for quite some time now, but so I was kind of like halfway into this whole social media game, building the community and getting to know all you guys and girls out there. So I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, but it, it was all in good fun, all good times. He just wanted to shake my hand and introduce himself and say, he saw my post and, you know, he, I told, I said on the post to come say hi and he's coming to say hi. So it was good times. And from then on, we've always made it a point to get together, have lunch, coffee, whatever, and, and just catch up. And, you know, he's uh, signed up for service autopilot, uh, you know, since then, you know, between then and now, and, um, I'm, those of you that know, I I use service autopilot, been a, a huge fan of service autopilot for many years now. It's, basically runs every aspect of my business that it possibly can. And then some, I, I can't imagine not using it. 
Um, there's a lot of other good softwares out there as well, and I've used some of them. Uh, but I currently use Service Autopilot, like I said, and, and and it really it really has done done a great service for my my business and and keeping things straight and organized and all that. But anyway. My point on all that is that, like I said, you know, we, we've we've shared a lot over the years. I've helped him; he's helped me, and we've gotten together and had lots of great conversations. And since I got a podcast, since I started the podcast over a year ago, we started uh, recording our conversations so that we can share some of our tips and tricks and trials and errors and pitfalls, strengths, weaknesses, and all that, everything in between with you guys. So hopefully you can learn some things along the way or be reassured of some things maybe that you had also done similarly, weren't really sure if it was, you know, going to work out or the right thing. You know, sometimes Charles is, is, you know, a few months or a few years ahead in some of these things for you guys, including myself. And it's good to kind of see, see the work in progress and know how it goes on the other end or, you know, a year or so in or months in and, and so on to help kind of maybe push us to, to do some of those similar things or spark some new ideas or, you know, tweak some of the things that he's doing, you know, it, which, which is really, I feel like the goal of a lot of us, myself specifically, and especially when we have these interviews and record this content on, on podcasts or YouTube videos and so on to help spark these ideas and give you maybe, um, you know, some tweaks to, to these ideas that will cater perfectly to your business. So anyway, I say all that to say <laughs> you're going to, if you didn't, if you had didn't listen to this episode, you're going to enjoy that. And then you're going to enjoy the conclusion. We talked about so many different topics in depth uh, over the last two episodes. So welcome back. And I hope you enjoy the continuation and the conclusion of my conversation with Charles Nelson. <laughs> I've done your route before now. Right, that's it was, right. Yeah, no. it's tight. Yeah, but 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 I mean, but if, I, I just but I, I don't. I, I I'm just trying to say. I guess it's not as common as I thought it was. Like I just thought that was a thing, and like you know, people start talking about it on social media, like the lawn care millionaire and folks like that that have been around for many years and are multi million dollar you know uh, company owners, and they would talk about route density as one of the many like hot topics, like know your numbers and route density. And like, those are like two big things, but I've just talked about so much because I, I live it, you know, like every day, like, and I know how beneficial it is. And, and then I'm, I'm also realizing how many people don't have route density or they don't even know what that is, or, or they're struggling with it or whatever. And, and a lot of people say, you know, I just cast a net out there and I just try to grab whatever. And I, I, you know, I try to understand that mentality and, and, and I get it. And I, I guess I did that to a certain extent, like my first year, but I quickly like reined it in and was like, this is not, no, I like, I have to, it, it's like the pumpkin plan thing. I don't yeah. know if you oh, yeah. read that book, but by Mike Michalowicz, it's like, you know, you, once you find that, you know, you're, you're taking care of all these pump, you've got a whole, you know, crop of pumpkins, but as soon as you see one pumpkin, that's doing good, like forget about the other pumpkins and just focus on that one pumpkin. That's how you get a big, you know, badass pumpkin that you can win a, you know, at the state fair prize or something like that's, that's kind of what route density is for me. It's like, yeah, you cast your net. Yeah. You try some new neighborhoods, but as soon as it's not working, you got to pick them off and just keep focusing on where you're getting some attention, where you're getting, you know, quotes, where you're getting new customers, you know, um, or at the very least, um, go folks, keep focusing on 
where you already are, because what can happen is you, you get kind of spread too thin. And now all these people that you already have built up good route density. Now they might feel like you're not giving them the quality and the time and the value because you're rushing. Cause you got to get out to these other yards, these other neighborhoods and all that. So you could be hurting your route density in some cases too. That's a totally different way to think about it. Also, if you're, you know, driving all over the place still, or trying to find, you're not cutting them off soon enough, you might be hurting the route density you already have. So you got to protect that too. Yeah. At the end of the day, you just got to focus and know and just, and realize that the, the, the tighter your route gets, the more cost saving, it, it, it starts to mag, you know, multiply, yeah. um, fuel savings, you know, just employee, you know, morale and just getting the work done in a timely manner, all that stuff just increases. And all of a sudden you're just like, you start putting efficiency measures on it and you're looking you're like, okay, well, I've got this one crew. Yeah, we have bigger properties, but we're driving a lot more. We drive about 80 miles a day in the truck. So what's the wear and tear on that? You know, this and that, we have bigger equipment. And then I have another crew that drives about 10 miles a day in a truck. They do more money, smaller equipment, you know, and there's less risk because yeah. they're not driving as much. They're not doing all that. So... It, it's just a, something to aim for, but we didn't start off that way. We started yeah. off with one day was north of the river, one day was south of the river, <laughs> you know, and then yeah. you just, you kind of just narrow it down. Well, at least you weren't doing them both in the same day. That's true. That's, that's true. So. That's, you know, like for me, like that's how crazy it gets with my route density. People are like, what is it? We're only 15 minutes away. I'm like, that's cool, but you, you're, you're not me and you don't, you don't get it. You don't, it all comes to reality. It all comes to a head when you you think you have your route planned out in one day and then it rains and now like in the middle of the day or something, yeah. you can't finish that route. Now you have to add, you have to add those leftovers to a totally different route. And now you're driving 30 minutes from one route to the other. Like literally I had to go from Tarrington to Halsley a um, mm. couple years ago when I had taken on Tarrington because it was a, a, a current customer in Salisbury's son one of their sons and he was they were so at oh you know what if i get in you know he was just a big pita anyway but um you know he was like what if i get you you know more people so ultimately it was him and three other people so i had four people like right in a little you know like they were like his next door neighbor and one across the street and then one down the street they were all at the same bus stop so yeah. they were close enough you know so i got those four people they were all pitas three out of the four anyway were all <laughs> pitas so that made it even worse but, you know, so, yeah, from from his mom's house, Tarrington from Salisbury, Tarrington's only another 10, 15 minutes, depending on how deep in Tarrington you have to go. Deep, so it's, yeah. it's a big HOA, like Halsey and all these other ones. Um, but, you know, that's all fine and dandy when you're coming from Salisbury. But what happens if you got now also got to go from Tarrington all the way to Halsey? Now you got to get on the highway just to save some time. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of back then I had my trailer and everything. And I don't like whipping through 288, you know, or any highway pulling a, you know, seven by 16 enclosed trailer. I know got, people do it all the time. I see, you know, pulling, you, you have to, I get it, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of cases, but you know, when you're pulling big equipment and, and, and excavators and all that, I get it. But I try for just mowing maintenance. I try to avoid highways and just do all in town. For one thing, it's a good marketing thing because people are going to see you in the neighborhoods as you're going through them to get from one point to another. But at any rate, I have to get on the highway and go all the way to, to Halsley. And that's like a 30 minute trip mm -hmm. from the last house in Tarrington to the closest house in Halsley. I'm like this. And that happened multiple times that summer because we got rained out in the middle of the 
other day and I'm like, this is, this is like telling, like, this is the, the universe telling me, stop, like, stop doing this. You can't focus on your route density. Like, don't give in to the customers and all that. And oh, it's only a few minutes away. It's only this. And then you end up in this situation. So that's what's, uh, you know, when you get into the, I don't want to rub it in your face and you get out of the field and you're able to uh, keep an eye on the cruise. Like, cause there's, even though my routes are very intertwined, right. But yes, there are certain properties where God, you need to get those done before the rain hits. Yeah. Because if you have to go back, that just throws off your day. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, I can watch that closely and just, I'd rather cancel a dispatch to someone else, someone else yeah. and make sure we get those out. You yeah. Know, not, they're not outliers, but it's like, there's two stoplights in between yeah. and you know, just you get a crossover broad or whatever. Right. No, I get it. Um, yeah. but, how, how many, um, I wanted to ask this before, how, how you don't just mow, you don't do mowing, right? You do, I mean, you, you don't do just mowing. You also do landscaping, right? Uh, we have one enhancement crew, which, uh, we consider enhancements just, you know, your traditional maintenance. So mulching, hedge trimmings, uh, gardening, uh, we do small installs for current customers, nothing crazy. Um, and then we'll get, you know, once aeration season starts, we'll do aeration overseeding. And then we do, um, you know, top dressing, things mm-hmm. like that. But, so is it like different? Is it the same, it's the same clients that you have that they're, that they're also doing the enhancements for? Like, is there still good route density for them too? Unfortunately for us, our ratio is off this year. <laughs> so we have three mowing crews and one enhancement crew. Mm-hmm. That's not a good ratio. Considering our mowing crews are on average doing about 50 a day um, between the three of them, they're, and, you know, enhancement crew, how many, how many properties can you go yeah, to? Yeah, it's going to take know, time, yeah. Two on average, maybe three if we're lucky. Yeah. Um, and that's a three-man crew. But um, so they can't even get everything done in a timely fashion. Yeah. Well, then we, we, I just raised our prices again because we're, <laughs> we're booked out till August, and it's like that's not that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and we're still we're still mulching. We mulch a lot, but the what I've learned over the years is you have to prepare for hedge trimmings. Um, that's coming every year in the summertime. So. What we do is we block off two to even three weeks sometimes every month starting in May through October minus September because we want to – September's aeration. You know, that's that's where you make your aeration money. You need to get done. October, you put your shrubs to bed. So all those need your final head trimmings for the season, and then you focus on leaves afterwards. Um, but if you don't have that room in your schedule, that's when they'll start skipping. That's when they start jump ship and they'll go and find somebody else. And the last thing you want is for a maintenance company to go find another maintenance company. <laughs> I'm sorry. A maintenance customer who we're servicing to go find someone else to maintain them. Yeah. I'm okay I gotcha. with them finding someone else to do hardscaping, right? to do an irrigation or do a big install or whatever else. That's fine. I will recommend a number of companies that I trust yeah. and recommend. I see what you're saying. But if you, if you're a current customer of ours and you're calling for you know your your hedge trimmings, one I have failed because I haven't already booked you. I yeah. want you already on the schedule. Right. I will, you know, when we start in the off season. I want to have you. All right. Well, how many times are you going to want your shrubs trimmed this year? Three or five? Um, and just <laughs> wow. put, put them on there. Five? Right? You'd be surprised. Some of our holy customers. cow. I'm happy if I can get to three. Yeah. Most people are like one or two <laughs> at at best. You, you live in the. That's the downside of your neighborhoods, which are beautiful and amazing, but they're new. You know, they don't have that maturity when it comes to shrubbery and garden beds. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of shrubs that are you know these hollies that are mature and if you don't stay on top of them they'll grow two feet and then you can't reach them anymore yeah um so these privacy hedges and things like that 
So we pretty much, uh, we block off. And then when it comes down to logistics, it's like, I don't want, I want to be in the same part of town, just like mowing, same thing with hedge trimmings. I need to be on the same part of town, same neighborhood, knocking all those out. That's difficult because man, talk about logistics and scheduling. We're, we're not talking about a mow that needs to be done every week. We're talking about a hedge trimming that maybe is done three times a year, yeah. five times, two times, one time, no times. Yeah. Scheduling that and trying to be perfect. It's difficult. So we kind of zone it out and we're like, okay, we're trying to focus on this part of town on Mondays, but we don't want to mix it with mulchings too much because then our trailer gets messed up. You know, mm. we don't, we want to have just debris in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we try to do our mulchings at the beginning of the week during the head trimming season. Mm-hmm. And so those are the customers that have some shrubbery that needs to be trimmed as well as the mulching. And then we just follow up with just our head trimming. So if we do have a little bit of mulch, we can just dump it. We lose it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of it can just be head trimmings. So Nice. Yeah, we need another enhancement crew. Um, that's where the money is. If you look at the profitability too, I mean, once you start going in, it's like with those three mowing crews, they're great. They are profitable now. However, it's not the highest margin. It's not no. the high margin. Yeah. For those that don't know, listening to this podcast, you know, mowing is kind of like your milk and eggs. Like, you know, you, people people have to go get their milk and eggs. It's, it's, you know, low, low profit margins for that store, but it gets them in the store and then hopefully they can buy, they'll see other stuff. They'll see all the end caps and impulsive things and sales and deals and and you put them all the way in the back. So they have to walk all the way through the (laughs) store to get to it. That's, that's kind of like, you know, marketing 101 right there for, for, for that kind of stuff. So that's what mowing is for us. Like if that's all you offer, then that's one thing. But if you offer more things, mowing gets your foot in the door. It's usually more affordable for the average person. And, you know, most, a lot of people are hesitant to, you know, just randomly have other things like, there's only so much you can mess up with mowing versus a lot of other services that you that you can do. You know, if you you mess with someone's bushes, it's going to take a while for that to grow back or whatever. Or you might have just killed the bush altogether. You know, like all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah, you might scalp some some grass or throw some seed down. It grows back. You're you're, you're done. Um, so mowing is low profit margin, guys. But it's 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 definitely necessary to have if that's something that you want to do. I know a lot of people that a lot of bigger companies in the area that don't like mowing personally, but they still have mowing crews and they just are out there with their hardscaping crews doing hardscaping or landscape yeah. installs because that's what they'd rather be doing. But they still have the mowing crews because that's giving weekly, regular, re- uh, reoccurring revenue every week, every month to help keep the business the cash flow. Um, and it also opens the door for so many other things, right? Once you start mowing this person's yard, now you're like, a lot of times we're like, what else do you offer, right? Yeah. They might just be, con- there's so many more people uh, contacting and looking and researching for mowing than than the average service. So and once you get in, get get them on the phone about mowing, or you get on their property mowing their lawn. Now it's like, hey, we also do this. We also do. This. You want us to give you cool for your shrubs? They look like they're starting to get overgrown. You know, if you let them get too big, then you know, and you can have these conversations with them. Some people get offended by that, like stop trying to sell, upsell me. But most people appreciate that, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. Or they might just ask you, like, what you know, what else do you do? You do a great job with mowing. Do you do anything? else so mowing is kind of like part of your marketing too, you know like just gets you in there and then you can sell your more your higher margins yeah um uh, services whether it be fertilizing or landscape installs landscape maintenance hardscaping super um high margin all those anything that other than mowing (laughs) you know why that is honestly it's because i mean don't i'm not the you know 
whatever. I'm not the authority on this, but I truly believe that it's because, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people, it's because mowing is a commodity. It's, it's like cleaning your house or your car, things that anyone can do. Anyone can grab a vacuum unless they're physically incapable of doing it because of, you know, handicaps or injuries or whatever. They're old, old elderly, but everyone can grab a vacuum cleaner, vacuum their, their house. They can grab a paper towel and some Windex and clean some stuff. Everyone can purchase, anyone can purchase an inexpensive little 21-inch push mower, self-propelled mower from Lowe's, Home Depot, or anywhere and go back and forth and, you know, hack down their lawn and make it look halfway decent, keep the HOA off their back, right? Anyone can do that. So they're not willing to pay. It's it's a mental block in most people's minds. They're not willing to pay a lot of money for something that they could just do themselves. Yeah. But now when you want to talk about installing a patio or even aerations and mm-hmm. seating, right? People, sometimes they think, yeah, I can just do it myself. Go ahead, buddy. They rent an aerator and the They'll never do it again in most cases, unless they're those hardcore guys, you know, or girls that are all about that life. But most people like, oh, forget this. I need to pay someone. And those are the services that have higher margin because people are willing to pay for that. They don't want to mess with chemicals. So they're willing to pay for someone that's not going to burn their yard. It's going to keep the weeds out, keep the grass green with none of the problems in between. They don't have to remember when they have to put it down, how much to put it down. They don't want to do the math. They don't want to deal with cleaning up and getting all that stuff. They're willing to pay more for those things. They're yeah. willing to get a patio installed. I got to pay for it. They just know that's just what it is. I can't do it myself, so I'm going to pay more to get it done. They're still going to bargain shop, of course. They're going to call five different, you know, you know, hardscapers or whatever and try and get the best quote. But the margins are a lot higher for those than mowing. So I just want, for anyone that's new to all this, I just want to take this opportunity to kind of share my thoughts on that. What, what do you think, Charles? Oh, I agree. But I also think, you know, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be, yes, it's a good average. It's a good marketing tool. That's what I always uh, tell people. Knowing is my funnel. You know, I'd much rather meet with somebody who wants reoccurring mowing because it's like a Netflix subscription. There you go. It's not that difficult. You show up and you communicate and yeah, you've got a customer. You know, right. Yeah. You're going to weed out the pitas. You know, you're always going to be a problem. That's fine. Move on. We've, you know, just for people's reference, I've dropped 58 customers. So we lost or dropped 58 customers this year. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, but I've gained a lot more. Yeah. How many do you have total now? Um, we have Hundreds? a lot of, bi- we have, yeah, we have a lot of <laughs> bi-weeklies. So, because I'm big about route density. Yeah. So I'd rather, I, if you're next door to this, somebody, you want to cut weekly shirt, we're going to charge you a lot more to be at do bi-weekly, but, um, we average about 210 a week. Um, I think we finished last year at about 160, 155, 160. And this was, that was before you took on the other yeah. company. Okay. But then we dropped a lot, mm-hmm. you know, off, you always, you know, price yeah. or we raised our prices a lot over the off season, yeah. you know, especially after last year. And then we just raised again, you know, in the mid mm-hmm. midway through we've done fuel surcharges as well. I mean, prices are up. That's just, so yeah. I guess what I'm saying is even though our numbers are much better on the enhancement side with mulching does not mean we are not profitable on mowing. Right. Um, that is a, uh, that is, I feel like people think, oh, well I can just, I'll, I'll give this guy a deal for, you know, a, a cheaper mow so I can get their mulching job or something mm. like that. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Do yeah. not do that. No, Still you, need be to be, profitable. you need to be profitable mowing um, because at the end of the day, you can skip mulching one year if times get tight. 
you, you're not gonna really gonna skip your mowing. Yeah, well, um, the grass always grows and the leaves always fall. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what the economy is or what pandemic we're in the middle of. That stuff, nature still is going to do its thing. So exactly. um, if people need someone else to do it, then they're going to find you. They're, they're going to start whittling away on some of the other enhancements and all that. They might not even have their tr- yard treated anymore, you know, if they really got to cut costs. But if they can't mow their own lawn, well, it's got to get mowed. Yeah. So it's a, definitely a good backup plan to at least have you know, that is a service for sure, because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like a staple, you know? Uh, so that's been the plan for next year is to, uh, start another enhancement crew. I would like to do both. I'd like to start another mowing crew and an enhancement crew. I feel like I can start them right now. Um, but with employees and then trucks, to be honest, you know, it's just, man, that's a, that's a lot of investment. And then, you know, we kind of scratched the surface earlier and getting into a new shop, uh, that comes with a price tag as well. So yeah, so that's um, so let's talk about the new shop. Sure. Hey guys, it's Marty. Let me take a moment and tell you about the Ramp Rack. This is a pickup insert that eliminates the need to pull a trailer just to haul your equipment. It easily installs on any 1500 to 3500 pickup long or short bed, extending the usable space of your bed by two feet. The Ramp Rack's most popular model for landscapers is the PU200. It has rear window protection and a removable shelf for push mowers and gas cans. You're going to love this. The Ramp and Dovetail have a weight capacity of 2,000 pounds. Made in Maryland, it comes powder-coated and, of course, built to last for years. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Head over to therampwrack.com and, of course, save 10% with the promo code LCR. That's therampwrack.com, and of course, we'll throw the link in the show notes. LCR not only uses the Ramp Rack, but he gives it his highest endorsement. Hey guys, the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, will be here before you know it, October 18th through the 21st. It's a great time. I go every year. I've been going for many, many years. It's worth it so in so many ways. All of the outdoor demo areas plus the indoor showroom. Talk to all of the all of your favorite manufacturers and uh, meet new ones, find new ones, and all the networking opportunities. A lot of great events, great food, great times, great educational opportunities as well there. So go ahead and check it out. If you don't know what it is, you can click the link in the episode description there and you can check out all about it as well as register. Uh, you can use my code LCR to save 50% off at any time. But if you register before September 9th, you get the early bird discount, which means with the 50% off, it'll only be $10 per person if you use code LCR. Again, that link is in the episode description. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you there. (laughs) You have all these crews and all this stuff. That's why you need to uh, have a new shop, right? I mean, you're in storage units uh, at this point. What do you have, like 10 of them or something? (laughs) 13. Uh, Um, Really? Well, we have have, (laughs) six units, and then we have seven parking spots. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Did you did you did you ever like make the storage units your own? Like I like the storage unit that I use that's right down the road here. They um are like right in the parking lot here. They uh they told me stories back when I first was in there years ago. Some local companies here that are that are pretty big actually the they just sold to um, Virginia Green for those local folks. But um, the Lawn Boy. Lawn Boy. Yeah, the Lawn Boy yeah. sold to Virginia Green. But um, back in the day before they got their own shop. 
they were using the same storage facility that I'm using, but we weren't there at the same time. But they had gotten a whole bunch in a row and just knocked all the walls down and kind of made like their own. Because they're all like cheap temporary walls yeah. that they put up. In. They're not temporary, but they're all cheap walls that you can install and, and, and take out and uninstall easily, you know? Yeah. Just undo a bunch of screws and take those like metal like things out super thin. So they just did that so that they can have like their own shop. And they did that for years. And then eventually, I think they ended up doing something on, on their property over in Walton Park where the, the rules aren't as strict over there and you can have boats and trailers and stuff in your driveway and on your yard or whatever and they kind of made like maybe some carports or things like that. But now now they have a, well, I don't know about now, but they did have a shop okay. um, that they grew into, which I'm guessing is the natural evolution, right? Yeah, so we, we started off like everyone else in the garage. Um, <laughs> we were there for, I'll, I'll, I'll go off equipment. So we were there for up till two. When we got the second trailer is when we got kicked out. Um, so you we, got kicked out by the HOA. Yeah. Oh, of, of your, yeah. Of your house when you're in the garage. Right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> the, second the, the second trailer on the driveway you pushed was, it. Man, yeah. Huh? We pushed it. Jeez. And I couldn't even have one <laughs> to that, back it into my garage and, and just, you know, my neighbors liked me. So I, it, it all worked out, but I was like, man, we're pushing it. The single axle that we used to have from Lowe's, you know, that was, yeah, that was fine. They didn't yeah. have, no one threw a fit about it. You know, I think we had a push mower and a 52 or a 50, what time cutter, whatever those things are from Home Depot. Um, so all that stuff was hit. It was just, you know, just old setup. But then when we start, when we got into the double axle and it got a little bigger with walls and that became a problem. <laughs> People are like, yeah, can you not have this like next to us? <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we got a storage unit. I think we got a storage unit in one, in two parking spots. That's when we first moved in. Um, this is right when my partner at the time, he, he was leaving. And so he had le- he left like two months after we got this storage unit. Um, and then after that, we just slowly started growing to where now we're up to six. We have, basically we have our, our enhancement art. We call them special projects Our special project unit, which is a 10 by 30. Uh, it does have a drive through on both sides. Um, that's all your mulching stuff, eight wheelbarrows are in there, all, you know, everything you could possibly imagine for enhancements. Um, very well organized. If I do say so myself, (laughs) um, then we have, that's all the way at the end. That actually, that unit was the company that I purchased was, uh, or, you know, acquired was, that was their, they were were in the same storage as you. Is that how you guys got to know each other? Exactly. Oh, cool. So they were, they were all the other side of our, let's say alley. Yeah. You know, so we're at 600, that one's 652. Yeah. Um, but we start off at 605 and now we have 604, 603, 602, and then we have 600, um, all 10 by twenties over there. That's great that you were able to get them all in a row. It took me time over here to like, I had to time. Keep, keep putting a bug in their ear. Like, Hey, if one opens up over here, let me, and I just kept moving around. Took us four I finally years. got them all together. Yeah. Four years later, here we are. Wow. Um, never got 601, which is unfortunate, <laughs> but, um, so one it's is unfortunate for 601. That person rolls up and when you're all there, like, oh, yeah. it's they're like, what's going on <laughs> in the mornings, you know, uh, have, you know, however many, six trucks there, you know, just, yeah. just crazy. But it's all, you know, it's well run. Um, I've got a good team in place. So it's smooth sailing in the morning. And the storage facility doesn't give you a hard time about all that kind of commotion? Uh, we're usually in and out of there before anyone's there. So there's other companies that, you know, would run out of there as a power washing and some other small guys. And they've been in and out of there for years. Um, but yes, we have had our run-ins with the management, um, mainly for just... 
uh, not us, but other people, you know, but then they look at us and say, we're doing things wrong. So, you know, we, I, if you go to our units, not one thing is screwed into the wall. It's all easily is shelving and yeah. being able to take down right. U bolts around metal that was already there. Not no screws are in the wall. Nothing like that. Never did that once. Mm. Um, electricity. That's one of those like, you know, hit or miss, uh, put a little, adapter on the light switch yeah, you know there you go yeah i heard about that I, I bought one so that i can start plugging all my battery operated stuff yeah so we had that pretty well decked out and we got yelled at for that one really uh, oh yeah uh then my, they, my they, storage person recommended that they're like oh i've seen some guys you know they take the light bulb out and put some little adapter thing in there and you can just plug stuff in yeah. i was like oh i didn't even know that was a thing i'll have to look into that yeah there was a whole they kind of had this big crackdown and I, it was furious for me because they keep raising our rates Every you know, and, not, and now complaining and then about complaining. Yeah. We used to have water. They used to let us use the water to. Um, we're not talking about filling up fifty gallon drums. We're talking about five gallon water cooler. Yeah, that's all I need it for. I don't care about a washing trucks. I'll go to the car wash. We don't. Right. We're not going to abuse this system. You know, there's a Damn. lock on it that we had access to. Yeah. Um, I fill up all my spray tanks in yeah. here and everything. I use yeah. the garbage as long as it's all in moderation. They cut fine. all that off, so we have to go to the garbage. Jeez. I got the garbage is a big problem. Um, we, you know, with all the properties we're on, we're yeah. collect a lot of water bottles and trash and just whatever else. And we yeah. we're very good at separating organic waste from non-organic waste, you know, because I don't want to go to the dump and, you know, basically go to the local public dump yeah, illegally because right. we're not supposed to dump, you know, right. um, anything other than stuff from your house. Right. But I do, we have to do it. You know, I've got guys with apartments and I'm like, you take these you know, bags home and my form, you know, excuse my operations manager does that a lot, which is helpful. But thankfully we are moving out. <laughs> so I've had the, uh, the ear to the ground for many, many months, many years. Um, and it's finally kind of paid off. So we went from, is, is it, is it like the problems that you've been having and the rates being raised that really is kind of. That's, pushing the pedal to the metal? Yeah, last August is when they had the big, they, they basically told us we couldn't have any electricity, any kind of, you know, charging or sharpening blades or anything like that. So we couldn't have lights. They wouldn't let us, they wouldn't fix our, there was one light that was out, out of the six units we have, and they wouldn't do anything about it. The garage door broke on one of them. I had to get it fixed myself. I had to do it myself. Wow. Um, That's and, a really bad storage unit. Mine just broke and they fixed it the yeah, next day. They just had, they just basically, and then they just, they're raising the rates. And I'm talking, when I say I'm not causing trouble kind of thing. Right. Trust me when I say that. We are locked up by yeah. 7.45 in the morning before they open at 9. There's no issues. We're not, you know. But um, it's just, it's just, you know, then, then a new yeah. manager came in and she's great. You know, our new property manager. It just, it just changes. Yeah. But ultimately, you just realize that it's kind of like it was a temporary thing. The writing was on the wall and you probably should look into something else, right? Well, I had drawn the line at $2,000. That was when I when I first started this thing. Uh, another company in the area said they rented this big flex storage space, beautiful shop for $2,000 a month. And I was like, okay, when I have to pay $2,000 a month in storage rentals, yeah, I got I, I to gotta get out of here. Yeah. Well, I'm at 3100 now. Oh, wow. You know? So that <laughs> just... Holy cow. And every time I turn around, every nine months with between 13 units, you know, spots, I get a little thing in the mail that says, hey, you're getting a rate increase. And we're not talking 3%. We're not talking 10%. We're talking 40%. 
Um, wow. My original unit, when we moved in here four years ago, a 10 by 20 was $165. That same unit I'm paying 405 What? And that's me negotiating and yelling and, you know, saying, oh. what the heck are you guys doing? You know, come on. And they're just like, sorry, you know, supply and demand. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to supply one heck of a review when I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good. Supply and demand. Well, I'm going to supply you quite the review. Yes. There you go. That's my threat. That's all I got. But wow. you know, at the same time, I can't, I can't get too hard. I, cause I, they could kick me out any time. like, okay, fine. You're not happy. Just, you got 30 days to get out of here. Yeah. And I'm like, so I just always try to be as, okay, hold my tongue and, and say, thank you for knocking it down 20 bucks or whatever. And, um, and go from there. But well, who needs that kind of stress, right? Yeah. So, so I've been looking around, looking around, uh, finally got in, put in touch with a guy who actually I went to, you know, I think middle school with, or maybe it was a rival high school. I don't even know if we went to school together, but, um, we knew each other through mutual friends and I, you know, gave him the spiel and just said, this is what I'm looking for. I need a place where I can drive in. You know, I need, you know, like 2000 square feet if I could. Currently we're running at about 1300 square feet. Um, I'd like this. I'd like, have, I need a big parking area. That's the advantage of the storage units. As you know, is they usually, you can turn around pretty easily in these bays uh, and park trailers. Um, a lot of these shops you look for, they're loading docks. You know, they've got a little office in the front and something in the back and there's just no, there's parking spaces when you have trailers and that's not yeah. convenient. So it's always stuff I'd run into. Um, and I gave him this whole spiel. I said, listen, I know you don't have anything. I've been looking forever. I'm on Google every other day. Um, and he's just like, well, if you don't mind me interrupting, um, this company, a landscaping company is moving out. That's not even on the market yet. Just, you know, just came on my desk. Um, they ended up purchasing another company and is going to be taking over their location. Um, I don't know all the finalized stuff, so I'm not going to yeah. say names, but, uh, um, do you want to take a look at it? And I'm, and I'm like, he's like, it's a little more than you wanted to spend. Um, not much. <laughs> so you know what I'm spending now? Yeah. Not much more, but then you got some utilities to think about. Um, but it's something you can grow into 3000 square feet inside and then half acre outside of gravel parking lot. Nice. Um, oh, it's huge. It's a huge deal for me. Uh, so you went and you looked at it and you were like, this is the one. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, this is the one. I'm big time yeah. now. And here I was. I'm just so concerned because um, my you know, I've had all these issues this year. My CPA um, went out of business literally the day before tax filing um, or whatever it was, April 15th or March yeah. 15th. I can't remember. April, yeah. Uh, she sent an email, I think it was March 15th, it was early, oh. early one, or, and she, they sent an email saying, you know, they're no longer able to do our taxes. And what? I was like, so man, I'm not even going to get into all that. Long story short, I didn't have a tax return. I, I, I got a new CPA, awesome, luckily one of my customers took me on, helped me out. Um, but I didn't have, you know, I, I assumed that we need to see returns and you know, I need to show financials and all this stuff. And here I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want this to slow me down. So luckily we were able to put together stuff and work things out. Um, 
and finally signed signed the dotted line. So, so is this a property that that you're buying? Like no. it's like a mortgage type deal, or you're lease. renting? It's lease. a three year lease, um, which I am perfectly fine on. I think it's a three percent increase, annual increase. There's some other stipulations in there, uh, a lot of stipulations in there. Jeez, talk about a commercial lease, man. Oh, that, man. Reading that thing was fun. I think I sent it to like five different people, like double you know, check lawyer friends, yeah. and just like, can you translate Help. this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it's pretty straightforward, you know, insurance, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, the biggest thing is for us is going to be, we are very centrally located right now and we're now going to the outskirts of our service area. Mm -hmm. So that's unfortunate, but the, it's right next to our mulch yard. Oh, when I say right next, I mean two minutes, like it's just. Take, right turn the to the left. Yeah. There it is. Nice. Um, which is also doubles as our, our dump where we dump our, our, uh, organic debris. Um, and then for all of my guys, except for two, it's closer driving. So that's good. That's yeah. a big concern of mine. You know, yeah. my guys are important and yeah, I've, I've, I've talked you know. to plenty of people over the years that like em- employee wise that, you know, they are looking, we're looking for another job or whatever, because, where they worked moved their location yeah. just and they had to drive like 45 minutes to Ashland or something every day just to get in a truck and come back out here or something yeah. you know it just didn't doesn't make sense so that's it's it's very exciting for us we move in uh it's all happened fast I mean, this is may is when we started talking here we are what june 15th um and we're moving in July first. So, wow! Yeah, congratulations! I, know. I need to get you over to the storage unit so you can document. Our, yeah, uh, our yeah. history. But um, yeah, it's it's happened fast and yeah. Oh man, I'm talking about a kid in a candy shop. I mean, it's been a long time coming. As you know, the storage unit it's tight, and we are yeah. very efficient out of it, and we've done well. And and anyone who's looking at starting a company and and curious, you know, what to do. A storage facility is a, a amazing place to start. Centrally located, you know, re- reasonably priced just for storage and all that kind of stuff. It's when, you, you know, you, you outgrow it at some point. Right. Uh, or maybe you don't and you find a way, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited just uh, being nice. able to, to run and grow. I mean, yeah. I mean, 3000 square feet compared to 12 with basically paying the same amount of money is, um, and then you don't have to deal with all the headaches and yeah. all that nonsense, you know, just, I mean, telling you what you can and can't do and all, you know, I mean, this place seems like it was built for, I mean, another landscape company yeah, was using it. Company. So it's perfect. It's, the, um, the, it's the little things that you don't think about trash. You, you mentioned that. I mean, the heat of the summer in a storage facility and you're bringing each cruise, bringing home two black bags, you'd start multiplying that in like wet wet grass, you know, sitting around and things like that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Having a dumpster <laughs> already, already, already purchased or already priced out hundred bucks a month worth yeah. every penny. Um, you know, things like that. It's just electricity, a bathroom. Nice. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Having a bathroom. Especially when you have a lot of guys. Yeah. And yeah. you have them stopping before they get there to go to the bathroom or whatever. No yeah. more saving Gatorade bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's, it's exciting. We're, we're, I'm lucky. I'm very thankful to everyone that's helped, um, that helped, you know, get me, you know, f- find the place with many people looking. And mm-hmm. um, the other advantage is we're going to be, originally I thought it would be a negative and I was concerned because there's a lot of landscaping companies there. Um, oh, okay. In that general area? Yeah. I mean, at least 10. There's, wow. And we're talking big companies too, like not me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and I was like, you know, people jumping ship and, and, uh, you know, wondering, you know, and sure that can happen. And it's something I'm concerned about, but the other side too, is there's a new company here now. What are they like? You know, maybe, right. we'll, maybe we'll get some recruitment. So yeah. And, you know, and hopefully some networking too, yeah. maybe, you know, I know, so I know not all the companies, but a few of them, good friends over there obviously, and I want to be clear about this, you're not poaching any employees or anything like that, but, right. um, that, and just knowing from the companies that are there and listening to them, there's like, that's the hardest part is because you can literally just walk to the next bay over and have another company that has 50 employees and just say, Hey, can you offer me a dollar more? That was a big, yeah. that was scary for me to think, you know, yeah. employees are so tough to come by. But, yeah. Um, well, hopefully, you know, that that's, I guess, where us as the owners have to make sure that we're taking care of our, our team the best we can. And at the end of the day, if they do end up jumping ship for a, do- a dollar or something stupid, then that's on them, not on us. Yeah. You know, there's really nothing we can, they probably weren't the best fit anyway, you know, if, if that's what they're, you know, because they should want to work, you know, f- for, for, you know, they should want to be a part of the team and, and, and the, the, the mission and all that. I mean, I get everybody needs to make the money they need to make, but sometimes it seems a little petty if that's what they're, if, if they're just going to do that. There, there might be more to the, sure. to the story there is what I'm trying to say. So um, as long as you're doing everything you can do, you know, then there's nothing else you can do if they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. No, we're excited. It's um, my operations manager, Ryan went there. We went through a second walkthrough with the owner of the building. At first it was with the leasing agent and um, they had, you know, they had a little patio area with a built-in grill, you know, and all that stuff. And they're like, we don't use it. You know, you go ahead. You know, it's just, it's pretty cool. We're excited. So, <laughs> nice. You we'll, can have like we'll have you company barbecues. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Maybe we can have the uh, road tour when Paul and James comes out of the new shop. <laughs> Might need to. Might need to. Nice. Take a little field trip. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks, Charles. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, recap or touch upon that we haven't talked about? No. I'll just finish it off with um, with one first for having me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I'm going to get on here more often. Um, crazy spring rush. I hope everyone was safe and had a good one. And then just a big thank you, uh, per usual, to all my guys and uh, for getting us to where we are. We finally got a shop, guys. Very exciting. Um, and, uh, yeah, hope to be back on soon. Awesome. Well, I hope you keep uh, getting stronger and healthier <laughs> <laughs> and uh, keep getting after it this year. And I look forward to uh, hanging out with you again um, as the season goes on. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, guys. And thanks for listening. Thanks to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. Until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.